If you have your Bibles with you today, I'd like for you to open them with me to Romans, the eighth chapter, Romans chapter eight. Um, I would, would just ask you to remember uh, Mo Reyes in, uh, in prayer, Inez's husband and uh, Randy, both have uh, tested positive for COVID. Gary Ritter's oldest son, Kevin, uh, has been on the vent for a couple of weeks, and I just would ask you to remember uh, him in prayer, remember Crystal in prayer. We just we just got a lot of things going on, and we don't have the communication things that we've had at other times to know what's going on, but I just encourage you to pray one for another. Pardon? With COVID? Okay, Dr. Bundy, okay, Carla, okay. All right, thank you, thank you. And on a praise report, it's good to see Kathy Hugert in church today. Yeah, woo! She's another one, been through it, but God gets us through things, don't he? I'm so glad, it's exciting what God does. Well, in Romans, the eighth chapter, I want to begin reading at verse 18. I'm going to read several verses of scripture. I'm going to tell you a story in just a moment that I've actually told it before, but uh, I told Dave and Louie this morning, they didn't remember it, so maybe you won't, and you'll think it's brand new, okay? It's kind of like sometimes you preach, and you want to illustrate something, and it's kind of like singing a song you've sung. It's okay to sing a song again. Is that right? But some reason you ain't supposed to preach a sermon or use an illustration again, even though it's good. This is just the best application I can make that I know of that'll go along with what I want to say today. Beginning at verse 8, 18 of Romans chapter 8, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Now, let me just stop here a moment and try to help you because of what religion has done to us. This is not a chapter on heaven. This is not about salvation that takes you to heaven it's about the sufferings that we go through compared to the glory that will be revealed in us on planet Earth in this world. Are you listening to me? It's what it says. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also, the creation itself also will be delivered, help me Lord, from the bondage of, the, of corruption 
into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now let me just stop and talk about, just say a couple things about this. I'm going to keep reading. But I want you to see how we do in interpreting Scripture. Creation itself will be delivered. Creation ain't on its way to heaven. Heaven's on its way to creation. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? Everybody say on earth, as it is in heaven. Everything he created, he is going to change. Now watch. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. Not the sweet by and by, now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Do you remember when I talked about love perseveres, that the thing that you can't fake is perseverance. You've got to keep on keeping on. You love and you love and you love and you love and you love. You don't ever stop. That's what it can't be faked. Can't be faked. Can't be imitated. You just keep loving. Likewise, verse 26, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, but he, because he makes intercession for the saints, not the sinners, for the saints. He makes intercession for the saints. Say, I'm a saint. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. You've been justified. You've been glorified. It's time you know it. It's time you understand it. Are you hearing me? You've been justified. What do you mean? Justified. Justified means just as if I'd never sinned because of Jesus. Justified. And you've been glorified. It's time you know it. Now, I hope everybody knows I'm still trying to make sure that we're getting all of the right buttons in the right hole so that we can get this thing looking the way it's supposed to look, doing the thing that we 
uh, uh, should be doing, getting things the way God wants them. Last week, I talked about identity, and I I'm, I'm like to continue that today, talking about identity, and, and I, I want to just try to get it in your mind so that you understand. Now, to begin with this morning, I'd like to ask the question, how, how many of you understand you don't know what you don't know? You just don't know what you don't know. And sometimes we need to know some things in order to know some things. There are some things we should know as believers in Christ Jesus, as followers of God. Now, who is God, really? You know, I've spent most of this year all of this year, really, talking about who God is. God is love. God is love. And my question is, do we really know who God is? How do we see him? How do we perceive him? When we talk about God, and I'm talking to you about God, or you're talking to me, how you perceive God could be different than how I perceive God and how somebody else perceives God. So when I'm talking about who God is and what God is, then we could have different opinions because how you see God is extremely important. And I'm asking the question, the reason I've talked about God is love because I'm trying to paint a new portrait of God because I believe the portrait that's been painted of God, the view that so many have of God, I won't say it's wrong, I'm just saying it's inaccurate. It's inadequate. It's not enough. God is far more than you perceive him to be. God is above anything you could ever imagine. And I'm trying to get the lid off, if I could. I, I'm, I'm just, I want our view of God to be more accurate than it's ever been. So, does how we see him really align with who he is? Now, watch. God is, let me say that again. God is, is love. Now, every relationship that we have has to be real if it's going to be right. Now, what I mean by that is if we're confused about who God is, then we're going to be confused about who we are. Think about it. If I don't really know who God is, then how am I going to really know who I am? Why? Because I have a relationship with God. You have a relationship with God. We have a relationship with God. You'll always be confused 
about the identity of other people if you're confused about the identity of God. I'll never see you the way I'm supposed to see you if I'm confused about God's identity and I'm confused about my identity. How can I ever see you right? Can't do it. So I'm saying, God, help us to get a real and a true identity so that we can have a real and a true relationship with you and with each other. Is that okay? Trying to get this right button in the right hole. You got to understand who God is to understand who you are. Now listen, when we have a wrong view of God, we fall into the trap of making our image of God be like us rather than us being like God. If I think I'm created his image, and we are, and I don't have the right view of him, then I'm trying to conform him to my image instead of me being conformed to his image. It's just, just how this works. God made us, and he's the one who made us in his image. Now, discovering the truth about God is the beginning of understanding about the true identity of all things. We've got to know who God is. That's why we, we've been looking about who God is. Listen to me say this. Everything and everyone, everything and everyone is only who God says they are. Do you know how everything in this world came into existence? God spoke it into existence. And everything he made, he made it what it is. And it is what he says it is, not what you want to make it to be. just got turned off by the world. They just clicked the off button on TV because they want to be what they want to be, not who God made them to be. Now listen, hear what I'm trying to say to us this morning. When God spoke, he created what he said is true identity. Identity is like a seed. The fruit of that seed is the destiny of the identity that's in the seed. Everything that is in the fruit is in the seed and its destiny is to become what's in the seed to become. Your identity is who you are destined, predestined to, be, to become is everything that God put in you in your identity as the seed. Now, help me, Lord. God speaking is what creates all things. Us hearing and us understanding 
is what causes those things to take form in our lives. In Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 4, verse 11, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the... Notice he's talking to saints, not sinners. Just want y'all to get it. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all, everybody say all, till we all come, number one, to the unity of the faith. That's where we're headed, the unity of the faith. Watch this. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. That's where we're headed. That's why I'm here. I am here to preach unity of the faith and I am here to preach the knowledge of the Son of God so that I can mature you to become everything that God has purposed you to become for your destiny to be fulfilled for who he identified you to be and who he made you to be and the identity that's yours for it to come to fruition and you become everything God has purposed you to become. Watch. Unity of the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, to a what? How many of you are perfect? Now I get an F in class. Sorry, God. I don't guess I've taught them. How many of you are perfect? At least some of you are mimicking me, whether you believe it or not. Watch this. Help me, Lord. Y'all don't know how hard it is to preach after you realize you flunked, but I'll do it. All right. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Help me, Lord. Say this before I tell you this story. Say, I'm perfect. Whether I believe it or not, I'm perfect. I want to tell you about a hog farmer by the name of Joe. Joe was a hog farmer and he won a trip to South Africa. On his journey to South Africa, he discovered, discovered and found a diamond. And when he found that diamond, he discovered that that diamond was worth $100 million. To Joe's amazement, they let him bring that diamond home with him to his pig farm. Joe would walk around showing everybody his diamond and telling them what it was worth. He'd let them hold it. He'd, he'd show them that diamond. And every day, Joe would carry that diamond around with him. 
One day he had come home for lunch. He was eating lunch, decided he would go get the mail. He got up and started walking down the road to the mailbox. While he was walking down the road, he was eating a piece of chocolate cake. He had a piece of chocolate cake in one hand, a hundred million dollar in the other hand. And just looking at that gem that he had in his hand, he tripped and fell and the diamond and the piece of cake both went into the hog pen where the, cow, where the hog manure was. Because of the weight of the diamond, the diamond started to sink down in the manure. But the light, fluffy chocolate cake laid right on top. Now, what do you think hog farmer Joe did? He didn't go after the cake, but he went elbow deep into the hog manure waiting till he got a hold of something that he couldn't squeeze. And he pulled out of there a great big diamond. Everybody with me? Now follow me. Now, how many of you know you'd go in after the diamond too? That's amazing to me that he didn't go after the cake. You know, if I was already elbow deep, I might would have bit down there and at least what was sticking out. Well, I, no, you wouldn't do that. Let me ask you a question. How much was the diamond worth when it was in Joe's hand before it went into the mud, into the manure? I'm trying to be nice. Into the manure. How much was it worth? Hundred million dollars. Now let me ask you a question. What was the diamond worth while it was in the manure? Really? $100 million. What was it worth after it came out of and he washed it off and cleaned it? I would have probably sent it somewhere to make sure all of that got off. What was it worth after it was clean? $100 million. See, he didn't make or he didn't get the cake and retrieve the cake because he knew he could make another cake but he couldn't make another diamond are you with me everybody hearing what I'm saying The cake is replaceable. The diamond is irreplaceable and must be redeemed. In the book of Romans chapter 5,
Beginning at verse 6, it says, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. Say this with me. Say love toward us. God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, he got into the manure. Why? To redeem you. Help me, Lord. Christ came into the filth of the human mire. He came down into corrupt humanity. He demonstrated our value to him while we were yet sinners. Why didn't he get the cake? It's what? The cake is replaceable. The diamond wasn't. Listen to me. Heaven and earth are replaceable. Scripture teaches he will make a new heaven and a new earth. But listen to me. There will never, ever, ever be another you. I don't even think a hundred billion dollars or a hundred trillion dollars could replace you in God's eyes. Now, God's going to roll up heaven and earth like a scroll. He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. But you, 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 you are irreplaceable. That's why you're enough. Listen to me. You are enough for God to come after because whose image and whose identity do you have? His. That's why I hate, I hate people saying I'm a sinner. I'm not a sinner. I was created in the image of God. 
Jesus, the scripture says, was the last Adam. I am not in Adam, I am in Christ. I was created and I am predestined to become everything Christ is and so are you. Help me to say this. Listen to me. You are redeemed from sin. You have been redeemed. Listen to me. You are not valuable because you have been redeemed. You were redeemed because you were already valuable. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. From the foundation of the world, he realized, I'm going to make some valuable creatures in creation. There's going to be some characteristics do you realize, let me just say this to you, and I don't want to get too sidetracked with technical stuff because I, I, you know, sometimes I get around Dave Beavers and Rodney Fisher too long. <laughs> they get into stuff that's way over my head. Do you realize that 80% of the DNA that's in you is in animals? Yeah, about 80%. But that doesn't make you a cow or a pig or a bird or a dog or a horse. Are you listening to me? But hear me. But there are DNA in you that ties you to certain things. But yours is still different than anybody else on the planet because if your DNA was the same as my DNA, you'd be me. And I know most of you are glad you're not. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. Now, listen to me. Value is determined by the price someone is willing to pay. What's the value of my car? Whatever you can get somebody to pay for. You can get it appraised. You can get somebody to tell you something, but that, that, that doesn't mean that's what it's worth. It's only worth what somebody is willing to pay. God paid the price of the life of his son while we were still knee deep in hog poop. Do y'all understand that? God paid the price for you because you are valuable to God. Your personhood, the person you are, is the priceless, precious person 
that he created you to be. He created you to be you and nobody else can be you but you. Help me. And listen to me. That never changes. And you never lose your value. Let me just set this straight right now. Do y'all understand the illustration I just used? Do you understand the illustration I gave you about the diamond being worth $100 million? What was it worth when it was in the hog poop? Its value didn't change. Listen to me. Hear me. Your behavior does not change your value to God. Just because you want to act like an idiot acts doesn't mean you're an idiot. It's what I preached last week about tags that we give people. You're not a bully because you act like a bully. You act like a bully because you're really insecure. You act certain ways and behave certain ways because your security and your self-esteem cause you to behave in certain ways. You're not an addict. You're not a sinner. Talking about identity. Everybody say identity. Help me, Lord. The core identity, everybody, I, I, I hope I can say what I need to say in the next 10 minutes. Listen to me. The core identity is who you are, not what you are or what state you're in at the moment. Listen to me. We send wrong messages all the time. We desperately need to separate personhood from behaviors. I, I have taught this through the years, but we send the wrong message to people all of the time. Here's what we say. When you do good, you're good. When you do bad, you're bad. And that's the message we send. We start sending it to them when they're little kids, when they're little babies. We start sending them wrong messages from the time they're born. Listen to me. When we place value on performance above personhood, we misplace value. Help me, Lord. And listen to me. How we see ourselves is how we see others. If we don't see God right and we don't see ourselves right, we're never going to see other people right. The body of Christ ought to walk down the street and see another human being, another person that God made and realize that God did everything for that person that he did for you even though they don't perform the way you think they should perform. And we're never gonna love our neighbor as we love ourselves till we learn to love God and love ourselves. 
Boy, I'm preaching good right now. So I'm saying, God, what is this about? It's about God is love. You are God's love. It's who you are. Now listen to me. If we see ourselves through the lenses of performance, if we see ourselves through the lenses of performance, don't think you take your glasses off to look at somebody else. If you see yourself based on your performance, you're going to see other people based on their performance. It's just how this thing works. When the veil of performance-based identity is list, lifted from the eyes of understanding, we begin to see a beauty of who we truly are. And who we truly are, who we truly are, is a flawless work of God. I can look every one of you in the eye and say, you have behaviors that betray who you are. We all do. But that doesn't change who we are. Now listen, I'm not flawless in my behavior, but I am flawless in my personhood. Say it again. I'm not flawless in my behavior, but I am flawless in my personhood because I'm a child of God, I'm a saint of God, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, listen to me. Performance, help me to say this. Performance has a very valuable purpose because me expressing God's love to you has to do with my ability and performance thing. It's not just nah, 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 nah. you know, it's a real popular thing today to say send vibes. Well, there's people got vibes I don't want sent my way. Pray for me. The only vibe I want coming is love. How, how many of you understand when you love somebody and you really love them? Let me say it this way. When somebody loves you and you know they love you, all they have to do is walk in the room and look at you and you get it. You understand that? Help me. Now, 
It's through our behavior that we show love. It's through our behavior. You, you, you know, I, I could go into all kinds of illustrations right now because I, I chose years ago, over 40-some years ago, I'd have to calculate 45 years ago this December, that I was going to marry the love of my life and that nobody on planet earth would ever love her the way I love her. And then one day we had kids and I realized I got some competition with this love because these birds love their mother. They love their mother in ways I, I, I'm not sure I'm capable of. But I'm going to try to show that love. You know, I looked at her one day and I said, honey, it's your birthday. What would you like to have, flowers? She said, no, money. You give me money, I'll buy what flowers I want. You probably wouldn't buy what I wanted to start with. What she wanted was my expression of love, not the flowers or the money. She wanted it expressed. Listen to me. When you look at a sinner and all you're doing is judging that sinner, I want you to understand you don't know who God is and you don't know what God is because God is not judge walking up to somebody. He sees them as a hundred million dollar diamond and he's willing to go into the muck and get them. But we're not. And it goes back to how we see God and how we see ourselves. If we saw God and his love right and we saw ourselves right, let me give you two words here. We're dealing with identity corruption and identity confusion. It's what we're dealing with today. I don't want to get into all that today, but I'm just telling you what we're doing. And if you don't know, listen to me. If you don't know what your worth is, you will try to establish your worth by coming up with something and making it something that it's really not. I won't get into that. Let me give you this revelation. Jesus did not come for righteous people. He came for, ready for this? People, period. He didn't come for the righteous. He didn't come for the unrighteous. He came for people. God loves people, every shape, every color, every size. You remember we teach that to our kids. You don't have to be special to be important in his eyes. I don't even remember the song, and I know y'all don't like it when I sing. <laughs> Listen, he came for people because he can make them righteous. Righteous. 
First, they're righteous in position, then they're righteous in condition. Your personal identity, listen to me, your personal identity is the most, your personal identity is the most mysterious part of your identity. Now, I've just got a couple of seconds here, but I want to say some things. Our destiny is shrouded in mystery and glory. There's a part of our identity that we don't understand. We have a multifaceted identity. In Galatians, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want you to see in Galatians, Three, verse 28, when you're in Christ, you're neither what? Jew nor Greek. You're neither male nor female. You're neither bond nor free. Now, I'm going to lose some of you right here because you are so tied to what we call identity as being something that's out there, but I want you to understand there is an identity in you that is greater than anything that could ever be manifested. You could say I'm a father, you could say I'm a child, you could say I'm a husband, and all of those things are partially true. But what you've got to understand is that you and I are the true identity of God's love in that he loved us enough that he wants to express his love through us to the world. And if we could get past all of the garbage that we are tagging to people's identity, they might see God. 